Welcome to the Opinion Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher, alongside Dick Briggs. Ready to talk a little college wrestling here as uh, D1 had their qualifying tournaments this last weekend, and now their national stage is set um, as far as the qualifiers go. Uh, we'll find out later uh, this evening uh, on Wednesday um, the actual brackets and the path for each uh, wrestlers, and we'll talk about that next week before the, the tournament. Um, but the other stages are, are set as well, and we'll see uh, that action this week uh, with the D2 and D3 championships. But, um, well, let's uh, let's start in with this last weekend with uh, uh, the D1 um Conference tournaments, the Big Ten, Big Twelve, obviously uh, leading the way. And uh, I, I tell you what, I think uh, you know Michigan. Uh, Michigan really turned some heads this weekend, um, showing that uh, it wasn't just a two horse race at all. Yeah, I think they caught me off guard. I mean, I knew they were good, but I I really thought it was going to be uh, Penn State, Iowa. In, in the hunt and boy, Michigan really hit on all cylinders for the most part. Yeah. I, you know, uh, I think the biggest knock against uh, Michigan in recent years is they've had a lot of talent, but just when it comes to March, they, they just really haven't uh, performed well, but they, uh, uh, they put that to rest this last weekend. I mean, they were, they were fantastic. Uh, you know, I, um, I think they had two champs uh, in uh, in Nick Seriano at 125, and then Miles Amin with a big uh, uh, victory over Aaron Brooks uh, that just about pretty much sealed it for uh, the Wolverines. Um, you know, to, to win a title there, they had some guys that you know uh, wrestled, you know, beyond their seeds really um you look at uh, uh luan at 157 that uh made the finals against ryan deacon um cameron amin at 165 um you know that knocked off cartrell of ohio state in the semis and and ended up second at 165 behind marinelli um you know and, and all this happens with Stevan Mitchich getting beaten his first match. <laughs> we'll figure, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and uh, <clears throat> you talk about above and below seeds. Um, I, I kind of plotted it out, and uh, uh, Michigan wrestled thirteen above their seeds, thirteen spots wow. above their seeds. So they really wow sky go over it. Um, Penn State was three below their seed, and Iowa was seven below their seed. So so I mean, yeah, Michigan's. I mean, uh, yeah. Michigan just soared. Hit on all cylinders, like you said. Yep. Uh, even what was even cool, too, um, for somebody that likes parody, I like seeing new kind of teams into the fold uh, for the most part. Northwestern on Sunday was was fourth. I can't remember exactly where they, they finished. They were able to hold off uh, Nebraska. Um let me double check, but I, I mean, seeing, you know, Michigan, Penn State, and Iowa that were battling out, um, and then Northwestern was fourth there for a little while. They ended up finishing fifth overall, 
one point back of Ohio State uh, for fourth. I mean, that was that was pretty neat to see as far as I was concerned. Right. I mean, yeah, Northwestern, man. Again, who would have suspected them to be that high? So good. Like you said, nice to see that some some teams and and that have been in parity or whatever, and you know, stepping up, and so that's cool. Yeah. Uh, we'll uh, touch on uh, the the Iowa uh, performance. Um, you know, uh, first off, uh, ten qualifiers, uh, so that's they didn't have to worry about the the at large stuff uh, uh, coming out. Um, they left Lincoln knowing all 10 were heading to Detroit. Um, of course, at the top of the list, Alex Marinelli, uh, winning his fourth Big Ten title, became the eighth Hawkeye to do that. First one since somebody that you know well, Mark Ironside in 1998, who won four titles at 134 pounds for Iowa. A little, little different with the COVID situation. He had, uh, uh, five years to win four. Um, didn't win it his freshman year when he entered the tournament undefeated, um, but won uh, the last four years, so four in a row uh, for him. But you know, both uh, both Marinelli and and Tom Brands kind of mentioned that uh, this is you know fine and dandy, but there there's one title that's eluded him here uh, the last couple of years, and that's a national title and. You know, that's the one that uh, that has priority, I guess. Well, you know, and I would expect that out of those two. I mean, they're, they're, that's not their end goal, but we need to celebrate that. Four, four Big Ten titles and, and you know, since uh, first since Mark Ironside, at least at Iowa, since Mark Ironside, right. which Mark graduated in 1998. So, man, that's a long time. So now help me out. Did, did, or is, is Spencer still in line to do that next year? He, he, no, he, uh, uh, I know when they're at Michigan State, he lost to uh, Thomas Sello in the semis. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. Uh, uh, Sebastian Rivera beat him up at Minnesota in the finals. Um, in a real right. crazy overtime match. Um, and then, of course, last year he beat uh, Devin Schroeder and, um, towards ACL, you know, so, uh, he, he's kind of, he's kind of the flip-flop of, uh, Marinelli a little bit <laughs> winning it at the NCAAs and not at the big tens. Right. So that goes to show right there that, you know, what an accomplishment that is, you know, Spencer really the best wrestler twice with the Hodge award winner mm-hmm. hasn't, you know, hasn't been able to accomplish that. So again, yeah. that's not the end goal, but let's, let's celebrate it for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, when you, especially when you think about the Big Ten and how tough it is, and there are going to be some guys, um, you know, you had All Americans that got beat out this year. Uh, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, somebody like uh, Chad Red, that, um, you know, they got beat out, um, and he very well could place in Detroit. Um, that's just how tough the the, the tournament is, and. Yeah, you're right. It's a it's a very good accomplishment, um, even though not their end goal, but still something that uh, should be lauded, right? Um, for sure. With with Red, I, to help out a little bit with the people listen, Red did not was not an automatic qualifier. He did qualify um, 
with the uh, at large. So that's who KJ you're referring to as being yeah. an analyst that didn't automatically qualify. So absolutely, holy cow, it's so deep, the Big Ten. You know, here's another one. Locally for us, um, um, uh, our Western Dubuque wrestler Max Lyon did not was not automatic automatic qualifier and looked like had didn't have a very good tournament at all and was still an at large bid when he placed I think 13th. Yeah. So so that tells you how deep the Big Ten is. The 13th yeah. is a qualifier. So yeah, you know, and, and that's uh, uh, interesting there where. Uh, you know, 12 automatic bursts out of, you know, 14 teams, 14 uh, yeah. guys. And then they ended up, uh, boy, I, I almost want to say, I'd have to look back. They might have gotten all 14 guys in the tournament. You know, I meant it, to do that and I forgot to. I was curious myself. So, yeah, yeah we can dissect that a little bit next week, too. But, yeah, like you said, um, Max Lyon, uh, uh, another example of just how deep this uh the, the field is year in and year out. Um, just kind of going down the results, <clears throat> uh, Drake Ayala ended up uh, getting eighth at uh, 125. Uh, well, it was very, very close um, to reaching the semifinals. Um, lost a tough one to uh, Wisconsin's Eric Barnett in the last second um, by a point. Um, Barnett ended up uh, finishing runner-up to Soriano. Um, and then uh, uh, Ayala lost another close, uh, not a close one, but lost another match to Patrick McKee, who, who definitely has his number, I think, the fourth time that uh, he's beaten Ayala this season. But he's going to go. Um, Austin DeSanto, a runner-up. Uh, to Roman Bravo Young of Penn State again, another match like their duel in Iowa City. They just uh, he got in on shot after shot, but just couldn't finish. Um, they exchanged escapes, and then Roman Bravo Young pulls it out in the third, got uh, neutral danger exposure on DeSanto for a takedown, and that ended up being the difference. I tell you, I. See, DeSanto works so hard and gets so close and it just can't come through and, and get that uh, – finish things off for, for a takedown against uh, Bravo Young. Yeah, it's like he gets in and then isn't able to make the turns. or It's like he almost shoots the, with not the intent of, of scoring or he's, so, he's too cautious. I'm not sure what the issue is there, but – that you're exactly right, man. He's got to he's got to find a way to finish. If he's going to want uh, want to stand on that top step. Somebody asked me about this last night, and I, you know, he he has such a high pace, and he seems like he's going you know full throttle all the time. And then when he gets in on Young, it looks like he becomes more methodical, yeah. and he and he doesn't just you know kind of keep going. Maybe he's worried about getting caught. You know, if he gets out of position and and Roman Bravo uh, Young catches him. But it looks like he gets in, and then he starts getting methodical, and then, you know, uh, Bravo Young gets into that uh, shin whizzer, and right. he's just unable to to finish. I said, I kind of compared it to, uh, you know, like when a batter is in a slump, and sometimes you're thinking too much, or you're trying to do too many things. Where to get the best way to get out of a slump is just go up there and swing as hard as you can. 
Yeah. You know, maybe he needs to just kind of shed being methodical once he gets in there and just, you know. Yeah, maybe just take, that, hard. take that fear of giving up that takedown because it, it hasn't worked out <clears throat> this way. So why not? Like you said, swing for it. And if you, you know, if you get it, then you can, you know, but, you know, DeSantis defense, you know, bravo to him. He's been there for most of the season. You know, he's mm-hmm. thinking up a little bit there, but, but he's, you know, one of the, one of the Hawkeyes that's been there in the lineup, get, you know, getting after it. And, you know, so good for him. And, and that RBY okay. is so fast. I mean, he's, he, you know, he can come get behind you. Like that was it last year in the finals when he, he did that go behind. Mm-hmm. It looked like he just he just flew behind him, you know, didn't even touch the ground. He was all extended and and uh it, you know that might have been on fix. I don't remember, but it was such a you know, he's so fast, you, you have to respect that, I guess, and that's what Austin's doing. So yeah, for sure. Um yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see. I'm assuming it's gonna go one, two, three with uh Roman Bravo Young fix and uh DeSanto being third. So um, probably will have fit. That'll be a huge hurdle to clear. Um, if it plays out that way, um, next week, uh, 141, uh, you know, we didn't get the rematch with, uh, Ironman and, uh, Nick Lee Ironman ended up, uh, medical forfeiting in the final, uh, kind of an interesting deal. Speaking of one, two threes, uh, you know, you had Nick Lee, um Ironman and Sebastian Rivera all there and not one match between the three of them because uh Sebastian Rivera medical forfeited in the semis to Ironman Ironman uh did the same in the finals to, to Nick Lee so uh we're gonna have to wait uh another another week um to get those possible matchups in Detroit. Right. And, and, uh, you know, I guess we could, maybe now's the appropriate time to address the, the elephant in the room and, you yep. know, since you were there and, and, you know, there was four, I'm talking about the medical forfeits and it's mm-hmm. not just, not just Iowa, though Iowa's were, were more, uh, more obvious because they were uh, uh, quite a few of those were on the front side. There were four medical forfeits on the front side, three by Iowa, and then Rivera. So, uh, um, so you've got those four, then you've got, I, I counted 24, but I think I saw somewhere else there was 26 actually medical forfeits in the, in the tournament from, and I, I did count this 10, 10 different teams. So it, like I said, it's not just an Iowa thing. It's, it's across the board. And, and, and honestly, it's a bad look for wrestling. Um, it's a, and I know it has to happen. We talked about it last week happening. We figured it was going to happen at 25 and at, and at uh, 74 mm-hmm. and, and ended up a couple other weights. And, and uh, you know, so I don't know what the answer is, but, but uh, it's, you know, the people want to see those matches and I understand there's injuries, but boy, that's a lot of medical forfeits. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not sure what the answer is because, I was talking about this last night as well, because I'm I'm torn. I, I really am because, you know, you've got some some competitors like Kemmerer right now, who have been you know you've got guys that have been there six seven years and right now they're 24, 25 years old right, um, 
usually if you're competing internationally, you're you're competing maybe you know three four times a year, right? Maybe five right. at the most, right? Mm-hmm. And and you're asking these guys to to compete and and train and make weight for you know five six straight months um you know in season uh wrestling you know five six times a month um you know there's a lot of wear and tear there and these guys are i mean it sounds silly to say they're old when they're 24 or 25 but comparatively they're you know they're longer in the tooth and and a lot of miles on their body it's just not the same for for them than it is you know a 19 year old or a 20 year old um so i i mean i'm torn because you want to see matches with gable stevenson wrestling right you want to see two guys go at it that have wrestled into overtime like the last two or three times that they've wrestled ironman and uh lee you want to see those matches and the sport needs those matches. Um, and then again, you can understand trying to do what's best for the individuals, trying to do what's best for the team and, and what's going to benefit them in the, in the event that is supposed to matter most, right? The national tournament. The other, the other thing that I think, you know, uh, Twitter is the there have been so many takes on Twitter about stuff like this and uh some things are said that are rather crude and you know I think uh you know kind of tough for athletes to hear. Um let's let's not forget that the majority of these decisions probably are not by the athlete, you know. A lot of times these guys they they only know com- how to compete. That's what they're geared for. That's how they're wired to go out and compete, whether they've got a finger that's bent the wrong way or a knee that's clicking or, you know, a muscle in their back that's seizing up or a shoulder that you can't lift your up over your head. You know, they're geared to go out there with that warrior mentality. And sometimes it takes a trainer or a coach to rein them in and say, you know what? just can't let you let you go and the other thing that i think you know with iowa and you know it may not you may not get a real answer just because they don't really like discussing this kind of thing but i wonder if that's a lesson they learned with matt mcdonough you know i i think his senior year was something that i think really hurt a lot of people um in the program because he felt bad that he didn't make the podium. You know, he had this great career and it ends with him not even making the podium, which doesn't, doesn't uh, overshadow what he accomplished, but there's just this, you know, that feeling that last time, you know, didn't get it done. You know, could they have pulled the reins in on him a little bit and made him a little bit fresher. So he does finish in the top eight. Maybe that's uh something that uh is still in their minds because it worked with Corey clark they had a different approach with Corey clark and that allowed him to uh 
come away with a national title his senior year when he was right. I mean, you bring up a lot of interesting points. First of all, you know, I'm a father of a of a of a wrestler in college right now. It's 24 years old. So, and and he's and I know it's a different level, but it's still very competitive. It's still still tough on your body. <laughs> right there, if you can see that. Anyway, so 24 years old. So, and he has avoided the injury. So, you know, it's not been knock on wood, right? But yeah, it's, it's not been a uh, um, an issue there. You know, you can also look at you say McGunn on one side, Corey Clark in the middle, and then on the other side, Spencer Lee last year, who was injured and wrestled all the way through it. And you know, excuses are for wusses, right? So right mentality. Right. So you've got Iowa kind of across the board with those. So you know, and I'm with you. I don't know what the answer is, and we and it's not just Iowa. It's these all of these teams, and they're maybe protecting seeds, maybe protecting their wrestlers. But you know, if you're 24 and you sign up to wrestle, or 25, whatever camera is, you know, and you sign up to wrestle, it, it, I don't think the rules necessarily change, but certainly training techniques need to change. Sure. And and so, um, you know, I, I don't know if there should be a some sort of penalty for that or what to discourage that and encourage actually competing. And then if you do, you elect to not compete, you know, that's a, that there's a factor. It's not a, a, someone wondering, you know, you know, if someone's, you know, dinged up a little bit and doesn't want to wrestle an Olympic champion sort of thing. I not, I don't know anything about the Cassiope. I'm not saying that at all. So, but you know, that's, you know, those types of decisions, you know, when they're made. So. Two things, two things that I kind of, or I, I guess one uh, major thing that I kind of thought of about, okay, you know, what do you, what do you do to, to kind of prevent, you know, kind of circumventing or, or finding the loopholes around, uh, you know, being able to do this, right? I, what I think could be uh, a deterrent in the future is I could see and the NCA committee not releasing allocations until after um, until after the conference tournaments. So you don't know, oh hey, I'm in the top six. we can we, we don't have to wrestle again or I'm already in the top 10, you know we, we don't have to, to wrestle this round. you know we, we can shelve it until the national tournament we've got our birth. Now you don't know for sure, and you know you're going to have to finish as high as possible. If you can't go, you can't go, and you're just going to have to kind of roll the dice, you know, and and hoping what you've done already gets you there. Um, but if it's one of those kind of, I we've already done our, our job, we're we're good, we're going to save it. Um, it, it might prevent that from being an option because you may not know what you've done and it's gotten you to that point. Right. And I, I think, um, I think that's an answer and I don't know if it's a, the total answer, but it certainly would reduce, it's got to reduce the, the number of medical forfeits. Um, and, you know, I, I, I still think you're going to see some and probably should see some, you know, I don't think they, they I mean, they can't go away because people are hurt and uh, you know, so, but on the other hand, if it's a borderline one, now you're in that bubble area. Maybe you'll see some more wrestling going on. So, yeah, I agree with that. I like that. Um, let's just run down the rest of the uh, Iowa performances. Um, Max Murin, 
uh, ended up getting third. Um, they had a tremendous win over Yaya Thomas in the quarterfinals, um, where he was down, uh, it was down two um, going into the last 10 seconds, where he got uh, just kept shooting and shooting and shooting, got a, a second stall call on Thomas on the edge of the mat, and kind of a weird situation where it almost looked like Thomas thought maybe they were, you know, they were done or, or just kind of ran out of gas and Mirren kept going. And not only did he get the um, uh, stalling point, but, you know, he, he popped up and he was able to get a takedown uh, right on the edge with about three seconds to go and um, ended up winning that to, to make the semifinals. Pretty impressive. Of course, yeah, yeah, Thomas, a uh, uh, very good wrestler. And, um, you know, Mirren's, Mirren ends up getting third. Um, Caleb Young, the second seed, finishing fourth. Uh, both of his losses in the tournament to was to uh, Penn State's Brady Berge, who's down um, from 165. Uh, not your typical number 10 seed. <laughs> he finishes third, but uh, you know it, it was it was not it was a it was a decent. I thought it was a decent performance by Caleb Young. Um, but Bergy looks much improved from when we saw him wrestle 165 against Marinelli in the duel uh, at Carver Hawk Arena. Right. I think the lower weight probably served him better and, and the seed was not appropriate. But how do you see the guy that, that arrives late and has yeah. more than me? So, um, yeah, that's just one of those things. Yeah. You know, uh, Michael Kemmer uh, got six, got to the semifinals and defaulted out. Um, that that's one of those uh situations where yeah there is no question there um he looked like he came off his first match he won his first match by fall he looked like he came off uh favoring his shoulder and then uh, i don't know if you saw the video but you could see his shoulder pop out in his win against uh ethan smith um where he actually kind of howled a little bit uh when it happened um he was there and you could see, I think there are maybe about 40, 45 seconds left to go in the match. Uh, he ends up winning by one. Um, and you could tell he was, he was wrestling one armed. Um, so it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how he responds over this next eight to 10 days, getting ready for the NCAAs and, and what he's going to be able to do in Detroit because he he looks pretty worse for worse for wear um, there, right? And, and there's the example of there's when a medical forfeit is appropriate, sort of thing. I mean, if, if that happened, for sure. I mean, that's not even a question. So, yep. Uh, Abasad uh, finished seventh at 184. Uh, Jacob Warner uh, finished fourth um, at 197. And then Tony Cassiope, uh, a runner-up at uh, heavyweight, um, had a thriller of a victory in the semifinals against Kirk Vallette of Penn State, getting a reversal to force overtime in the in the last uh, minute, and then um, getting a takedown in overtime. Nice high crotch uh, that he was able to finish uh, for the win. Um, apparently, he tweaked his knee, hurt his knee during uh, uh, that match. Um, 
and, and didn't wrestle. And, you know, that that's the one where that's the that's the match that makes this such a a, a, a tough one for me. Just because one, Tony Cassiope is not going to gain anything um, from medical forfeiting. He, that's not going to be, he's not protecting a seed there because all he could do is help a seed if he goes out and, and beats Stevenson. Losing to Stevenson is not going to change where he falls. Um, but you don't gain anything by going out there less than 100% and possibly getting throttled by the absolute best wrestler in college wrestling. But like you said, and we talked about earlier, uh, this people want to see Gable Stevenson. Wrestling needs Gable Stevenson out on the mat wrestling uh, regardless. And, you know, now there's very limited time to even watch him because he's even said this is his last go around and Detroit's going to be it. He'll leave his shoes in the middle of the mat there. And, um, you know, we just missed an opportunity to see one of the one of the greats. And that's where it's torn. Guys, you need need that match to have him out there. But then, you know, the risk right. rewards of the individual. I mean, I'm guessing I'll, quite a few people in the arena came to see that, you know, that match and particularly – Gable Stevenson Russell, and uh, you know they're kind of denied that, uh, you know. So without mm-hmm. question, uh, Russell needs that. It was big, and that's why you know it, you know if that didn't happen, maybe there wouldn't be so much attention on it. But that certainly called attention to the twenty six medical forfeits for sure. So yeah, uh, and like you said, it was it wasn't even just the Big Ten. I, I mean, I think uh, the um, you know out east they they had uh quite a few as well you know uh weren't near as many in the big 12 um but it's it's definitely something that uh more people uh for lack of a better term took advantage of right and and, uh, you're right every qualifying tournament had some but i don't know that they all had them to the extent that the big 10 did no 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 so yeah um, and uh flow wrestling had a chart of actually the last five years of of that and and certainly the big 10 uh beyond the other conferences um during that five-year stretch i want to say like 2018 was nearly as bad like um maybe 24 in that tournament um that year i yeah yeah I'd, i'd have to look but you know, it's not really a new problem, but I think there is just a bigger light uh, shown on it um, yeah. now just because it, it seem, seems a little more uh, prevalent. Uh, let's let's head to the, you know, head to Tulsa here and talk about the Big 12 because I don't, man, I don't know. Uh, you tell me that uh, Iowa State and you and I were going to finish – um, I guess uh, it's actually 15 automatic births, but they each add one from the at-larges uh, from uh, Tuesday of this week. They combine for 17 uh, qualifiers. I think you got a 
give them a thumbs up for that. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, Iowa State has nine and, and you and I eight. <clears throat> and uh, uh, seeding wise, remember what we said, I think was, uh, if I remember right, Iowa State was, was looking to have eight or nine qualifiers. And, and then you and I was like only six. So, you know, both did a real nice job to get their qualifiers in there. Actually, uh, you and I qualified one more automatic qualifier than they were supposed to. And, uh, and uh, then added uh, Ter Terrell Gordon at heavyweight. So to, for their eighth one. So, you know, both, uh, you know, that's neat. All three teams are going to have a, a nearly full contingent. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, uh, a couple of things that stands out, obviously David Carr, uh, coming away with his third title. I think that's the 16th uh, three-time uh, conference champ in Iowa State history, um, joining some uh, names like Dan Gable, I think one of the Petersons are on that list. He's the first one to do it since Kyrie Gadsden. Um, so uh, that's a, a pretty cool feat. Um, Missouri came away with the uh, team title. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting too with Missouri that, uh, you know, they've been in the Mac for the last nine years, uh, nine or 10 years. They won the Mac every year they were there. And then you come to find out their last year in the big 12, they won it then too. So they actually have like 11 straight conference titles, uh, that spans, um, like two tenures in the big 12 and in that long time in the Mac pretty uh pretty interesting right i mean missouri's always been so competitive and uh you know ever since you know the aspirins kind of started down there and then Jaden cox and they've had some you know huge names and and uh you know they didn't win this by a little bit they won it by nearly 20 points if i recall and, and mm -hmm. then over second place oklahoma was a bit of a surprise too so right they started strong and they were able to to kind of uh, keep it going. Iowa State had a little bit of a slow start, but worked their way back in. They ended up finishing third with 110. Okie State at 107 and a half, and then Northern Iowa fifth at 100. Um, any, anything really kind of stand out to you about uh, Iowa State's? Uh, uh, we'll start with Iowa State and their um, well, their their finishes. I mean, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look at both sides of it. The positive, David Carr, man, that guy just. I mean, he just gets the job done. He's so fun to watch and, and mo most of the time does it smiling. He's just, he's just a good guy and, <laughs> and you want the best for that guy. He's just, you know, he, he it's fun to watch him and, and uh, put whatever uniform you want on, but I, I'm glad he's wearing an Iowa state uniform and we get to watch him. So, mm -hmm. um, and then on the, on the downside, um, I, I guess I would say Parker kind of down wrestled a little under his, you know, that surprised me as I recall, didn't he lose first round? Uh, and then had to wrestle back and and uh, uh, so that was the so that's the the two different ends of it high and low for me at, with Iowa State. Yeah, Ian Parker, the number one seed, uh, got upset by uh, Jacob Butler of Oklahoma, seven to four, uh, right out of the gates, and had to uh, come all the way back. Lost to a kid from uh, North Dakota State in the Concy semis and. Um, yeah, I certainly uh, uh, can can see that as well. Um, I, I know 125 was uh, pretty tough, but uh, you know, um, 
I, I certainly thought uh, Tarakina would go uh, a little bit further, but when you look at who he had to wrestle, you know, he wrestled Brody Teske um, in his first match. Um, and obviously Teske won by a point. And then when he dropped down, uh, his second match on the backside was to Lamont of uh, uh, Utah Valley. So, uh, you know, his two losses came to the number two and number three seed uh, before he ended up finishing uh, seventh, I believe. Um, and he he ended up getting uh, an at-large bid for uh, Iowa State. See Ramazan, Ramazan uh, uh, qualified. I knew, kind of had an idea that after uh, Fix and really Biscaglia, I think Biscaglia kind of separated himself from the uh, field a little bit, um, the rest of the field. Um, it was wide open three through six there at 133 and uh you know ramazan uh was able to take advantage and came away with a third place finish and ends up going to the ncaa tournament and that's uh that's a guy that uh you know you'd be glad to get a few points out of if you're iowa state right so wrestled above his seat and and, and actually what was the score with scoggly and and uh fix that was not too it was pretty close wasn't it uh i think it was like six two Maybe. Um, yeah, it was a decision. I think six to two there. Okay. Um, and that's the that's the second time they wrestled. Um, I think in the duel it was five to one. So, you know, uh, Fix does kind of wrestle some some tight matches and stuff. But you know, uh, hey, you're you're within a you're within a shot if you're wrestling somebody like Fix like that. And, Right. You know, uh, those are his only two losses going all the way back to uh, mid-December. So uh be interesting to see what uh, Piscaglia does uh, at the NCAAs. I have to tell you this. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan, even a bigger fan of him now after your article and, and uh, his his three majors and, and uh, already accepted to med school. So that, that's cool for him. And that was a nice article, KJ. Yeah, well, thank you. And you guys, uh, anybody that's uh, watching, you can uh, go to thegazette.com and catch that feature leading into the Big 12 championships on, on him. He was a delight to talk to you. And yeah, certainly uh, uh, prototypical uh, student athlete um, when it comes down to it, for sure, doing, uh, doing it right on and off the mat. Um, one other thing to note too, uh, uh, you know, Marcus Coleman, uh, got an automatic berth. Uh, he was the number two seed, uh, at 184, finished third, um, lost, uh, lost a match in the semifinal to Jeremiah Kent of Missouri, um, eight to four. Uh, and the only reason why I kind of mentioned that, um, Apparently, right before the semifinal, he found out that his grandfather had passed away. Um, so kind of wrestling with a heavy heart. Uh, you could see, I saw a picture on Twitter uh, after his third place victory. You could see the emotions uh, uh, from Marcus Coleman. Um, I think he was kind of pointing up in the air and uh, kind of tough, tough to compete when you get news like that. And then for him to, to bounce back and, you know. Uh, get third place and and win after that uh, shows a lot of a lot of guts and toughness uh, and a lot of resolve for him. Right. 
And that's a, that's a tough story. Uh, I mean, for anyone, I mean, it's tough enough, but right when you're in the middle of your competition and your goals and all that, and, and you still want to pursue them and at least you think you do. And then, yeah, so that's tough, man. Geez. So he's not done dealing with that. That's he's going to carry that into next week too. So, um, Best of luck to him. I've been I've enjoyed watching him this year. He's really improved, I think. So, um, as far as you and I goes, um, Parker Keckeisen, um, you know, continued the reign at one eighty four. Um, that's four straight Big Twelve championships. That weight class, um, Drew Foster, Taylor Luhan, and now uh, Parker Keckeisen, uh, his second. Um, Big 12 title joins Foster and Lujan as the only other multiple uh, time conference Big 12 champions. Of course, uh, the caveat there is they've only been part of the uh, Big 12 for um, a half dozen years or so. Um, but still pretty uh, pretty good feat. And he is, um, I think he had a bonus, bonus points in every single victory. Um there a major decision all the way through um so he's uh good performance there and and he's rolling into detroit and as i recall he's only a sophomore correct so he could have two or three more years to win that 84 title so very impressive by you and i especially and he's so fun to watch he's so, so aggressive and and uh man if you like wrestling and you like points get a bit Points on the board. There's your guy to watch. You know, I so I was, I was talking to uh, Doug Schwab. Um, you know, and I kind of asked him to compare. You know, is there anybody that he compares to that you've coached in the past? And he's like, well, I don't really want to go down that road. He still has a lot of time left. But he he just made a reference to. He he reminds me of some of the the guys I wrestled with um, referring to his wide open, high paced, you know, versatile attacks, being able to hit a lot of, a lot of different attacks and just continuously attacking. Um, and I, I think that says a lot. And, and Schwab also mentioned the one thing that he learned last year Remember when he got to the semifinals and lost a really tight match to Aaron Brooks, who ended up winning it. Um, and then uh, he came back and got third. He proved to himself he could win it. Now, he, he, well, he's lost twice to Brooks this year in, in close matches, but he, he knows that he's right there. Um, and, and that's somebody that, uh, you know, you got to keep an eye on. Um, here next week because I know there's Aaron Brooks. I know Miles Amin just beat uh, Brooks in the Big Tens, but Parker Keckeisen is a guy that uh, very well could be wrestling on Saturday night, and and it's not uh, you know he's a contender to win it all. Right, you know, and I don't know what you know. I don't know what a better seat is to be seated fourth on probably on a mean side or. <laughs> third on Brooks's side, but you know maybe Brooks. You know he's he knows he's right there with him, so we'll see if he ends up with a third, fourth, or fifth seed, or where where he lands there. So, uh, of course, uh, those brackets come out later today, so we'll uh, we'll be able to 
to see, and we'll, and we'll break that down uh, next week. But that, yeah, that will be interesting to see where he kind of falls and what those potential matchups are because it be it could be really fun, especially at one eighty four. Right, he's he's got that motor. I I don't I've never seen him tired. He just goes and goes. He's that energized bunny bunny. Right. So. No, for sure. Um, you know, personally, tell me what you think. You know, at one twenty five, seeing Teske, um, make the finals. I know he was a three seed, and, and Lamont got knocked off by uh, Prada from Oklahoma. But I th- I thought Teske, the way Teske wrestled. I, I thought that was a good sign for uh, you and I heading into this last tournament. Well, I, I think they're looking real strong at 25 and 33. That's a great sign with both those guys. So absolutely, KJ, you're right on target there. Yep. And uh, Teske, we know, you know he's capable. He's a guy that, you know, multi-time state champ out of Fort Dodge, goes to Penn State, transfers back to you and I, closer to home. And, and uh, um, yeah, so he's he's right there ready to, to step on the podium, I think. So, you know, uh, you and I got, uh, you know, Derek Holschlag at 157 made it through, uh, Austin Yant um, at uh, 165 uh, finished third in advance. Lance Runyon, remember, Runyon last year qualified, but had to be scratched. He wasn't able to wrestle uh, because of injury, I think his elbow. So now he he's earned another spot to uh, go back um, to the NCAAs. Hopefully, he'll get a chance to compete this year, uh, where injury kind of robbed him of it uh, last year. Um, and the one that I really want to mention, Colin Real Buto at uh, 149 comes away with a third place uh, uh, finish. There, his only loss of the tournament was to Caden Gefeller of Oklahoma State, uh, and uh, Real Buto uh, uh, even picked up a win over Jarrett Dagan, 8-6 um, to six in the third-place match. So uh, a really good performance there from, uh, from Colin. Agreed. You know, he's, he was fifth seed, finishes third, and, and uh, you know, you and I had quite a few people that wrestled above their seed. And uh, as a matter of fact, you mentioned um, Hoshlog, who wrestled – one above his seed, and that was the, the cutoff line for automatic qualifiers. So by him placing sixth rather than seventh, and uh, you know, that was my pick to 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 hopefully wrestle above his seed last week. So he did and he qualified and and uh yeah, so real real Budo did a nice job for sure, and as did uh, many of the other Panthers. So and uh the most Panther qualifiers since uh uh 2008. So that's uh um Nice, uh, nice job there by um, Schwab and his wrestlers um, to do that. Now, uh, any any last uh, thoughts about uh, D one um, championships before we head over to to D two and D three with their championships coming up? Nope, I think we're good there. Just like I said, fun to see a lot of bodies from the from the three state schools. So. Uh, D2s and D3s, uh, they'll have their national championships this weekend. Uh, the only thing I'll mention really quick about D2s, that, that'll be down in uh, uh, St. Louis. Upper Iowa had uh, just one qualifier in Tate Murdy at, uh, at 141 pounds. 
Uh, kind of a tough draw right out of the gate. He'll have Finley's second-seeded uh, Branson Proudluck. Um, he's 26-1. Murdy's 13-2. So uh, that's the lone Peacock um, in the field. So um, he'll have, uh, like I said, kind of a tough opening match. And, and it's a pigtail match to boot. So it's, you know, or, or that first round right. that only has two, however you want to call it. Um, and the only, uh, the only state, uh, the only other state, uh, former state wrestlers in the field, uh, Josh Portillo, uh, he wrestled, uh, clearing Goldfield Dows. Uh, he's the number six seed at 125. Um, he's 18 and five for Nebraska Kearney. He wrestles Matt Siska of Pittsburgh Johnstown, um, in a pigtail match as well. Um, and then uh, Matt Malcolm uh, is in the field. He's the top uh, seed, a former Glenwood, former University of Iowa wrestler, also at Nebraska Kearney. He's 26 and 2. He'll wrestle Talon Sites of Newberry, who's 6 and 3. Um, they're at 165. And now for the biggie here in Cedar Rapids with the D3 Wrestling Championships. Uh, you know, it. Kind of working on a little something, you know, two years ago, uh, the last time it was in Cedar Rapids, the unthinkable happened. Now, knock on wood, we're getting closer, should should be able to come off uh, and finally have our first NCAA uh, championship since uh, 2019 um, at the D3 level. Um, you know, and, and it's some of the – some of the regular – cast of uh, regulars, I guess, when it comes to teams. You got Wartburg, Augsburg, Wabash with uh, seven qualifiers each. Baldwin Wallace is in there with seven qualifiers. Co with six. Um, you know, there's also uh, uh, Loris as well. You know, um, before. What are your, uh, what are your thoughts uh what are your thoughts uh, coming into this uh, event? Uh, my thoughts are if Warburg doesn't win it, something's wrong. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, they, they have seven qualifiers. All seven are, are, are uh, seated fourth or better. And actually they only have one fourth. So six of them are third or better. So they've got four, four second seeds, three, three uh, third seeds and a fourth seed. So, um, and, and the other teams aren't even close in terms of seeding. Like Augsburg has five kids seated, but their highest seed is, is a fifth seed. So they have two fifth seeds there. And, uh, um, you know, Coe has six, but unfortunately they got some bad draws, some tough draws, I think. Um, obviously, Caleb Reeves, Reeves is looking good at heavyweight and he, he's decent, but but they just they just did not draw well. The others are not seated and where they, you know, it's, an, a, it's just a random draw. And... Um, you know, so like um, Brock Henderson, if I remember right, has a pigtail. And then if he wins the pigtail, he gets the number one seed, I think. So something like that. So and it's just those kind of things that, that are tough. So they're going to have to wrestle uh, above their seed for sure. And and maybe do some damage on the backside if they can't get through on that front side with some of the, their matches. But, but uh, you know, I think Loris has um, has uh, three, three kids seated. They have four kids qualified, three seated. Uh, Shane Legal at 81 is their, their top seed. He's, he's the number one seed. And then uh, Jake Raycal is uh, from uh, 
the Marengo area is uh, seated sixth, and and then uh, Smith there, 57 pounders eighth. So um, at least they've got some unseated wrestlers in their first round. So uh, so that's my thoughts, I guess. You know, if Warburg doesn't win it, they've really fell on their face. Um, well, I mean, you see a lot of uh, you see a lot of weird things happen at the national tournament. So it could bode very well for you, or it could go against you. Um, you know, I know uh, obviously Cole. You mentioned Henderson. Uh, I believe didn't he win the NWCA uh, right title last year? Um, at thirty three, he he moved up a weight. So, but he was the champ last year. Yeah. So. Uh, but like you said, kind of a tough draw. Um, you know, if he beats Pena, um, I believe, uh, from the college of New Jersey, um, he'll have the top seed, uh, Jordan James of, uh, Mount Union, um, later that round. Uh, also James, notice that, oh, go ahead. James, if I remember right, was the only returning champ from 2019. Mountain Union, I believe. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, so that you know, tough there, you know. So, and then at 133, uh, uh, Bryce Park, um, he's got the number four seed in the pigtail right out of the gate, um, as well there. So, um, and Massey of uh, um, Milliken. Um, so, yeah, you might have to do some work on the backside here. Be pretty resilient uh, if those first round. Um, matches don't go um, your way. Um, yeah, but Will where, is also in there. He's a, a semi local guy anyway, doing really well. But unfortunately, he has the number two seed. Yeah, that, Dominic yeah. Reyes out of uh, John Hopkins. Right. So, you know, Coase, I think they're in the hunt for a trophy if they can do it on, you know, they can build it on the backside. But when you have a small bracket, 18 man bracket, you're going to get a seated guy if you're unseated. You know, there's right. the only chance you ha don't have is if you get a pigtail and then you'll get the seated guy. So, <laughs> so I mean, that's going to happen. You're, you're going to have to upset someone. Plus, in the D3, it's so spread out, seating can be kind of maybe not all that accurate. Sure, sure. And there's uh, a lot of times there, there aren't those crossover. Uh, matches and head-to-head -head, um, results to really get a good idea of. Um, and then just mentioning uh, Caleb Reeves, uh, the number two seat heavyweight uh, behind Max Bishop of Wabash um, there in the field. Um, you know, I guess, uh, guess give me your, your top three. I know you mentioned this was Warburg's tournament to win, but, uh, you know, you've got uh, – uh, Kyle Briggs, uh, Christian Rumpf, um, uh, David Hollingsworth uh, there. I mean, can we see multiple titles? Oh, I think you have the capability of doing that. Yeah, for sure. Um, interestingly enough, if Hollingsworth and Briggs don't repeat, that would be uh, Coach Eric uh, Keller's fifth and sixth consecutive national champion, returning national champion that was not able to compete or repeat. So hopefully they can break that string. Um, the, uh, um, yeah, so I think, and you throw Mulder in there too at, at 74, uh, you know, so they definitely have 
opportunities there. Joe Penn's local guy, uh, semi-local up in the Butte, uh, seated third, I think. Is that right? At, uh, at 33. And, and uh, so, you know, Joe's a goer, man. He's, his only losses, I think, in D3, if I remember right, are just, just to the number one seed um, from North Central. So, uh, and they've been close matches. So, yeah, absolutely. They could have more than that. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think two of the guys that have impressed me here from Wartburg, especially lately, have been Kiner and and Pins. The way they've uh, the way they've competed uh, here lately. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, here uh, this weekend at uh, the Alliant Powerhouse in downtown Cedar Rapids. Uh, competition starts at eleven o'clock uh on friday morning um you know so uh make sure you come out and, and see that um it's great wrestling it's probably wrestling in its uh, uh purest form uh to be totally honest with you um well first session uh friday at 11 o'clock um and then the second session uh, we'll begin at 6 p.m. with the quarterfinals on Friday, uh, Saturday morning. Uh, the cool thing about Saturday, Saturday morning, everybody that's on the mat Saturday morning is an All-American, um, and it's just kind of uh, determining places there. Um, championship semifinals will be at 10 o'clock Saturday morning, um, and then the finals uh, are set for 7 p.m., just the championship bouts. So, um it's a lot of fun. Right. It's a little bit different than, than uh, the state tournament, you know, Iowa high school state tournament, that the semifinals are Saturday morning, whereas those are all determined Friday night. And then those mm -hmm. kids sit all the way until Saturday night. Right. <laughs> so you're not, I mean, you're wrestling, you're still in there wrestling Saturday morning to make the finals. So right. you have time to relax and kind of prepare yourself or get nervous or do whatever you might do. I, I wouldn't know. I never had that happen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh um, you know, so, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, there's, you're right. It's great wrestling and D3, man. It's, there's some, the talent is so good there. Uh, so come down and watch it. And these kids haven't had an opportunity to wrestle in an NCAA tournament. Like, like we said, since 2019 out in Roanoke and, and, uh, you know, that's sad that that happened, but, and it didn't happen at other, other levels, just at D3. So these kids are they're anxious to get back and, and, uh, win some hardware. And I just want to backtrack really quick something uh, we forgot to mention. Um, for the Big 12 tournament, uh, South Dakota State's Tanner Sloan was a runner-up at 197 to uh, uh, top-seeded Stephen Buchanan of Wyoming. Um, so uh, Tanner Sloan, a two-time state champ from Alvernet, is actually going to return to uh, the NCAA championships. Um, Cade DeVos also uh, from Waukee, his teammate, um, made it at 174, but Sloan, uh, 20 and five overall, uh, had won 15 straight matches until that finals match, uh, against Buchanan, uh, Buchanan won three to two, um, there. So, uh, congratulations to, uh, uh, Tanner Sloan, uh, heading back to the, the NCAAs. Um, I do want to mention here really quick, since, uh, we're, we're just about out of time. Uh, Grandview competed in the NAIA uh, men's tournament um, last weekend, and uh, they came away with uh, their 10th title. Um, 
in the last 11 years. Uh, they finished second to life last year and ended up uh, winning this year pretty handily um, by like 57 and a half points. Uh, they had three national champions in Esco Walker at 125, Israel Caceres at 157, and Casey Randles at 174. Uh, Marty Margolis at 165, Ben Lee at 184, and heavyweight Greg Hagan uh, finished runner-up. Um, and uh, Coach Nick Mitchell uh, was named Coach of the Year. Yeah, I mean, just incredible. Three champs, three runners up, three thirds, two two fifths. Ten, just, ten in the semis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ten out of the twelve made the semis. Yeah. So I mean. I, I don't know how you can do much better than that, but yeah, for sure. They just, you know, and I, and I honestly think they might've wrestled below their seat, but not much. Just, you know. <laughs> but, uh, they did. That's that, that program is just, you know, it's heads and above the rest in, in the, in the NAIA. So. Yep. So we'll get ready. Uh, we'll be at the Alliant powerhouse uh, Friday and Saturday uh, covering the uh, D3 championships getting ready to do some damage. <laughs> That's right. Release the dragon. Really? <laughs> so look forward to that. Um, any uh, uh, parting words or? So for those that don't thoughts? understand what, what the shirt, it's a, it's a, it's a, I can say this, right? A Kyle Briggs yeah. shirt. So we can say that. So we're, we're supporting Kyle Briggs on our show today. So. <laughs> uh, so we coordinated it to, uh, uh, to show it off here um, before the D3 championships. Um, uh, should be fun. Um, this weekend, make sure you come out and join us there. Uh, since we're going to get ready to do some damage, we'll leave them with uh, our normal uh, tribute here and close things out. Let's keep wrestling on the move. Thanks for watching, everybody. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.